The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Space Show. I'm Brandon, and this is my companion, Tony. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. We're thrilled to be here yet again. We are. We are. Totally <laughs> uh, this series of Old Space Show follows the episode by episode time traveling, body hopping exploits of the first season of Quantum Leap. Today, we'll be talking about the eighth episode, The Kamikaze Kid. I would have titled it The Mom Mobile, but hey. Uh, June 6, 1961, Sam leaps into Cam Wilson, a pimply teenager who is regularly bullied by his peers for his geeky appearance and the fact he drives the slowest car on the boulevard. Cam's older sister Cheryl is engaged to a seemingly decent guy named Bob, who, Sam discovers, is actually an abusive alcoholic. Haunted by memories of his own sister's brief marriage to a similarly abusive man, Sam is determined to stop the wedding. This is directed by Alan J. Levy, written by Paul Brown, starring Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell, guest starring Romy Windsor, Kevin Spiertas, Robert Costanzo, Holly Fields, and <laughs> Jason Priestley. There he is. Uh, Alan Levy, he directed he directs six episodes of this show. Uh, this is his first one. He's also directed Columbo, Bionic Woman, Six Million Dollar Man, Magnum P.I., Airwolf, Simon Simon, Cripple, Hulk, Battlestar, Galactic, Lois and Clark, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, Hercules, Buffy, Jag, and NCIS. So he gets all the big television shows. Bra- <laughs> Brown, uh, the writer, did uh, wrote Thrashin which is a, a Josh Brolin skateboarding movie, which is a, <laughs> it's a treat. Uh, I own it on Blu-ray. I own it on Blu-ray. Uh, he, he will write 11 episodes of Quantum Leap, writes for the X-Files, Star Trek Voyager, and Star Trek Enterprise. This one probably has our most notable casting as a group. Like, yeah. in here, uh, Kevin Spiritas, who's like, who? I know him because he's in Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. He's, hey. uh, he's the hunky guy, um, which that one was also um, nicknamed Fry Gay the 13th uh, because <laughs> this was a cast that did not get along, but it was like all these women and like the entire male cast, I guess, was gay. They didn't get a, like the girls were like, oh, we're going to be with hot boys. And they were like, we don't want nothing to do with you. And he was on them, and he's actually become a like activist for gay actors and stuff. Uh, leaving this, he was also in um, some of the subspecies movies. The Quantum Leap was one thing I knew him from. He's kind of got a look where it's like, um, are you Christopher Reeve cousin or brother or something? <laughs> like he's got that kind of, kind of like you know, if you're if you're casting Superman at this time, he probably comes in and reads. You don't you don't go for him, but he's kind of got that. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's no. got that resemblance. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, so he's there. Uh, Robert Costanzo, you know his voice once he pops in. You probably recognize him, but he would, uh, I believe it wasn't he Bullock on Batman the Animated Series? I think he yep. did. Detect- yeah, he's, you know his voice. Uh, oh, yeah. Distinctive. Yeah. Holly Fields is a little bit uh, recognizable as well. And of course, Jason Priestley from 90210. But yeah, instantly recognizable. Like I, I can't imagine that 90210 was more than a few years after this, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, he, I mean, he looks the same. He, I mean, yeah, this is probably like 91, I think is when. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, this is probably uh, pretty, pretty early on in, in, in his career. But we talked about that previously with yeah. things like Terry Hatcher and things like that, that, that you know, that was, uh, this is a sign of the times you would, you would guest star on TV shows, yeah. not even really as a guest star. You would just, you know, hit on an episode and hope to, you know, hope that that built you up to the next big thing. And obviously oh, yeah, for him, you- it did. So. Yeah, they would pay attention to things like ratings. Like they would, like, oh well, he was on a high-rated episode of this and this and this, so it must be right. him. It's like, no, we didn't know the guest stars. Especially <laughs> if it was like, if it, especially if it was up-and-coming performer X. Like, it wasn't sure. like, but that's that's how people didn't know that things were still being figured out with movies and television through the 80s they still get figured out through this day but there were i mean we're kind of at the point since we have algorithm movies and television shows now right they have got a handle on stupid stuff like that but back then they thought they were all all about ratings and like i mean music and stuff was different too like it was all about requests and stuff like that and then when they finally got sound scan they're like oh kids actually listen to rap music yeah Yeah, look at what actually is, is selling um, but <laughs> well, I mean, a show like this obviously is is prime though for these actors that want mm-hmm. to make that that leap, no pun intended, you know, because this, you know, the anthology style show where right. essentially the cast rotates every episode except for one or two characters. Right. You can see someone, and if you have that really good turn, you know, it's not like well, the next episode he's in, you know, only for three minutes and he's in the background. It's like he gets his chance to really shine, and if you take advantage of that and really impress someone, then that can be a serious stepping stone, which is which is what we we're seeing with a Jason Priestley and a Terry yeah. Hatcher and things like it that. It can also so. be a danger with a spear toss when you're like such a dick that's like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to see that guy. No, like people wouldn't just respect yeah. them as actors. If you gave such a vile performance, you wouldn't be like, you remember, um, what was the show? Uh, Web, uh, Gary Coleman. Um, that's Webster, right? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. There's Webster. Was it what, was the, the episode with the bicycle guy that touched the kid? What was it called? This is the very everybody remembers it. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but, but yeah, that old man yeah. was a notable character actor, and then after that, no jobs. Right, no jobs right. for him. Well, and isn't it interesting how everything is is, is kind of cyclical like that too? Because you know, I know last episode we touched on briefly on um, the Marvel's Falcon and Winter Soldier on on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and you kind of see that with um, uh, the younger generation who's not familiar or who doesn't know, you know, Wyatt Russell had the exact same thing when he played John Walker, and people yeah. were like, "Oh, he's he sucks." I'm like, "No, he doesn't suck. He's that good that he makes you hate right. him. Like that's 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 a character actor. That's what you want." So right, and I don't and like see I. It's, it's weird for me with the stuff like the show was different strokes. That's what it was. That's um, okay. That's it. That's it. But like, yeah, with, I mean, even Wyatt Russell's, I'm like, I've seen people much more hate. Like I, I, I don't know, maybe because I've been, I, this isn't the first time I've seen Wyatt Russell in something. Right. So I don't have that. Ah, oh, that guy. And I don't think he was giving a, like, I hate that per Like he's not Marsha Gay Harden where she's just so good at making you go like, Oh, sure. like, he wasn't but, 
you know, Marvel fans have different, like I, I noticed with things are, you know, they're not always like the ones who pay attention to like all the entertainment, a well-rounded entertainment. They tend to f- have sharp focuses on things. So it's, it's yeah, interesting they're, to they're, see that yeah. reaction. So it's, yeah. it's kind of funny. I'm like, did he played this like lovable dude like stoner guy in a TV show before this. So, right. I mean, well, there, there's always a tunnel vision. I mean, you get the yeah. same thing when you see, um, you know, uh, Sh- uh, Sean Gunn, you know, they're like, yeah. oh, this, you know, he's a pretty good ravager. I'm like, you know, he was in Gilmore Girls for like 18 seasons, right? right? Like, yeah. he, like these people have done other things just because you don't know about it doesn't mean that they just or, started existing in the MCU, you know? And when they get <laughs> mad when someone gets cast as something, I'm like, they're a well rounded per Like Robert Pattinson's right. Batman. I'm like, Okay, like you realize Twilight was like fifteen years ago. Like he's done like really good stuff. Like like he could play Batman. It's pretty yeah. not far out there for him. Uh, <laughs> plus he's British, which is a qualifier for Batman. Uh, but yeah. these days it is, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we get in this uh, this episode. Um, now uh, it's in the nineteen. Uh, 60, 60s but it's got a lot of that 50s vibe still going with the greasers and, and things like yeah. that the drag racing um but this one hits into like you know we talked about racism and stuff in the south in the 50s last time now we're into like spousal abuse like it's yep. not, they're not married but it's pretty much what it's gunning for and alcoholism and is one thing i'm liking about the show and it's. I feel like it's bold for the times, like I mentioned before, with the airbase and stuff. But this is like an ugly picture of what was really people were really nostalgic for during the time this came out. Like, sure, yeah. this is like an yeah, honest, yeah. ugly, real. Like, I really feel it. Like this one, I feel attached to because I. I just wonder. I'm like, how many like shit marriages people forced to stay together came out of stuff like that. This is a, this oh, is that one that ends happily, but like how, like most of them probably don't get this turnaround happy ending. Like they just fucking oh, him with him yeah. and his life's terrible. And, and like that, I feel like happened a lot back then. Like I wasn't around then, but just judging by how, you know, truth sucks. Life can suck. Like, you know, I can just see people and the, you know, Things we weren't in the 1961. We weren't at like women in the workforce. It was women at home in the kitchen back then. Right. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. It's literally uh, like you said. It kind of draws the draws the curtain back on some of the ugly mm-hmm. truths of you know looking at uh, you know taking taking a closer taking more of a a, a reflective look mm-hmm. at the at the time because like you said this you know this show came out in the 80s. This is the mid 60s. So mm-hmm. the people who were writing and creating this show really kind of lived through this. You know, yeah. Belisario and his creative team they were probably the youth at this time watching their parents go through things like this. And you know, um, like you said, there's there's the issues of spousal abuse. Um, you know, uh, alcoholism and substance abuse, but then also, you know, there is those uh, naturally that comes right with it are those themes of, um, you know, things like um, women's lib and things like mm-hmm. that. You know, you see that they, you know, uh, like Cheryl wanted to, you know, she wanted to be something more. And right. obviously in the, you know, in the in the original timeline before Sam helped alter it, you know, she was kind of repressed. You know, she was kept mm-hmm. down by her husband who, you know, thought it was cool at the, you know, for their wedding gift to buy her a colored TV so she right. can stay at home, you know, and enjoy her time at home because that's all she'll ever be is just well, a you homemaker. You know, he'll be the one watching that damn color TV all the time, <laughs> drinking a beer. 
<laughs> yeah, you're right. And, and, you know, I understand, you know, there's, there are always two sides to every coin not the, not the spousal abuse part, not the substance abuse part, obviously, but you know, there are people who for, for everyone who says, you know, well, they should have grin just, just grin and bear it and stay in a relationship, mm -hmm. even if it's not perfect. Well, these days, obviously the divorce rate is higher, but that's probably in part because people are realizing that they found themselves in a situation that they, that is not ideal for them. And they're doing something about it as opposed to back in this time where the show took place in the, in the sixties, yeah. they, they, they weren't, I don't want to say it, they weren't allowed to do something about it, but it was heavily frowned upon. Like that was yeah. just quote unquote, the way it is. And you got to deal with it. You know, you got to do what right. you got to do and this, that, and the other. So no, it, totally, totally. And I mean, it, like it hits on there and like an under undercurrent one that I don't think it's, you know, it's not the main attentive is like the bullying of Sam's character, like the, uh, like really taught, like toxic, abusive sure. bullying that goes on with them. And the fact that like, it's just a haha -ha thing. I uh, just you know the older guys pushing the younger guy. I'm like they're really like hurting him and yeah. and just embarrassing him mentally, physically, um, with abuse of his car, like his car. And that's boyfriend just and he's supposed to be like, oh, he's fine. Oh, Cheryl, get mad at me if I do it. But uh, you guys go ahead. Like you're you're an accomplice. You're you're good. You're pointing right. your finger at it. The, the guys are just assholes to be assholes and. His sister doesn't even see through it. Like she's just like, oh, it's just what they do. And like, no, like that's awful. And I don't know. And it's a time where you even can't write that Sam has to connect with uh, the boyfriend to make him like, don't follow down your father's path with alcoholism. Don't you can't be like, there's no happy ending for that guy because back then men were too proud to do that. Like it's sure. It's like, it's weird. Like that. I, I kind of find this like sadness in that guy's character is the complete asshole of this because there's, you see this guy's future and it's like, there's no redemption. You know, he's going to be just like his father, maybe even in jail. If he's willing to try to kill people and yeah, stuff like that. It's just crazy. Well, and yeah, it's interesting too, you know, kind of building off of obviously the previous episode found Sam in a, uh, you know, leaping into the body of someone that he didn't expect and it gave him a totally different perspective. Mm -hmm. This one, obviously, similar to that um, on, a, on a much lesser extent and a much different extent, mm -hmm. but leaping into the body of a younger person, a teenager, he has to deal with, you know, those themes and those feelings. And obviously now he has inside of him, he has the, mm -hmm. the mentality and the attitudes and the experience of an adult, but he has to still navigate that as yeah. a as a young person, you know, kind of trying to figure out how to best help someone without being able to say, well, you know, I've lived through this and I can tell you from experience, you know, he has to kind of thread yeah. that needle as well. So, yeah, very intriguing episode here for sure. Kind physically, of a he's never afraid to stand up to him, though. That's, a, that's, <laughs> right. the, that's the thing right. I love about this episode. Like physically, he's holds his ground. Yeah. And it's all, all, all this is kind of hidden under the guise. Really the first 15, 20 minutes of the episode, you don't really think, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. He's a, he's a nerdy kid. He's racing cars. You know, this is just some goofy side story. But then, I mean, the more you, the more you get into the episode, the more you're like, this has got a lot of deep layers to it. That's, it's yeah. very impressive from a, from a technical and writing standpoint. Yeah. Like, and just the relationship with him and his sister and building to, you know, trying to get, to, and this, the stakes and there's like, genuine like suspense in this like mm -hmm. when they go to do the drag race and his sister's like he wants to keep her in the car i'm like oh god no no and yeah and hearing overhearing in the bathroom the the dad's it just it plays so well like every yeah. 
Like I could watch this one like again, like, right yeah. after. Yeah, it goes. Yeah, it goes from the simple thing of, oh, well, you're you're just here to make sure two people don't end up in a loveless marriage or whatever, to mm-hmm. obviously having so many more things that need to be solved by by trying to correct this portion of the timeline. Right, so. and it shows the pressure of the for the for the sister and her perspective of following through with this marriage because we get to see the rehearsal dinners and stuff and see how everyone gets along and. They like, you know, they like him. They like his dad. Like, it's going to be hard for her to explain to her family to get to get rid of him. Like, it's sure. But even yeah, but alongside with that, too, you could you could tell if you you know, if you if you really do give the episode a close watch. And this is where you could tell that it was well directed, well written and well mm-hmm. thought out is that you can see even, for example, at the rehearsal dinner, you can see like when. When when his when his dad, the drunk one, is, you know, mm-hmm. doing his toast and things like that, you can see like the uncomfortable looks that, you know, uh, the their mother, parent, the mother, you know, the right, yeah. mother-in-law. Yeah, like, the, yeah, like, the mother, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not only. Yeah. Not only her parents yeah. who are like, uh, you know, we have to get in this family. OK, you know, we're going to we're going to pretend to make nice because yeah. that's, you know, we don't want to make any waves. But yeah, even he's a, yeah, his own wife, you could tell, is looking around uncomfortably like, uh, her, you know, this her mom not, to a degree as well. Yeah. It's like the women yeah. are uncomfortable like right but and they can't yep. say anything like that's the thing yeah, the da- yeah you're right and their dad kind of laughs it off and is like oh you know this is the way it is or whatever you know and pun- you know boys will be boys and punching them yeah. in the arms and things like that but yeah you can see that kind of feeling kind of permeates the episode throughout that everything mm-hmm. is in this time period is not quite right and everybody recognizes it but no one really wants to address it head on right yeah yeah it's like if we just close our eyes we'll get through today and then it's all gone tomorrow like that's that's kind of the idea and yep. you know even today in our society we have events and things like that and people who try to just like well we talked about on this show the movie moxie um recently and that has a lot of dealing with just gritting your teeth for the popular guy type thing let it go through and it's just like no it's it's an attitude that don't be afraid to speak up for yourself or sometimes difficult things are the way to get through to change like that's that's how it is a lot of times difficult things are how to get to change but i mean even the like while kevin spiritus character just no change but at least his bully friends they don't think what he does is cool too when they race for the pinks they're like nah man like Right. Not. No. We don't. Yeah. And you get it. Yeah. At least you get a nice little redemptive arc for them, too, at the end where they're like, yeah, "Yeah, that is you are not cool. You know, things like that. I mean, that was kind of a standard, a a pretty typical TV ending. At least at least they got there. So, yeah, yeah, they earned it. They earned it. Um, And also, oh, not to be forgotten. This episode has Michael Jackson in it. (laughs) <laughs> right these another one of these brushes with history right. type of thing where where sam inadvertently uh you know <laughs> maybe helps shape shape history right. uh even though this one you know i know we talked about buddy holly in that previous mm-hmm. episode where at the time i didn't quite sync up yeah. this one this one really doesn't sync up i think i think no. uh michael jackson was actually in in reality is is like two years old at yeah. this time and it's like this is not yeah because this, this is it 1961 scene but yeah, I mean, it felt funky. You could tell the second yeah. this kid comes out, it's like, who's this kid? What talent show is he going to at the yep. friggin' Ramada of whatever city they're right. in? Yes. Like, how did they just happen to be in the same place at the same time? This this one was a bit of a stretch. It was a stretch, yeah. <laughs> and uh, lastly, Sam wasn't there to do all the things he was, apparently. He was there to kiss the girl who... Uh, uh, who is uh I, idolizes his is the teen he's in the body of and 
Holly Field was 13 when this was filmed. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, I was just about to say, I can't believe that they had Bakula actually kiss the a 13 year old. The like, character oh. she's playing is 16. <laughs> but still. Oh, my. This is, uh, like, yeah. This is one of those things that because the show was made at the quote unquote right time, however you want to say that, like this today would not would not have been a thing. Would it would have, have been so like many a, think pieces about it. Uh, it would have been a, it would have been like a hug or something, you know, or like, let's talk about our, you know, let's talk about having a relationship. There would not have been, OK, full on grown adult man. Come kiss this 13 year old on camera and then let her keep or kissing you. They've done the kiss like pan to a mirror where the kid, the pimply kid. Sits yes, and there kiss. you go. Yes, they would have to have found a way and where you hear the sound and it lights and uh, right. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a mistake. Yeah, it was that one was a little bit of a cringer, but I, you know, I understand at the time it wasn't a big deal and what you know, it, 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 and it in in the in the scope of the story, it makes sense and it's not right. done in like a creepy way, obviously. But you know, because she, you know the character, like you said, was supposed to be sixteen. It was supposed yeah. to be two, you know, two teenagers in their prime or whatever. But yeah, I mean, obviously, it's right. it, this is us nit, nitpicking and more of a behind the scenes thing than anything else. So right, right. not that deep. <laughs> I don't think it destroyed Holly Field as a person, no. but. Um, yeah. And then we end with, he leaps into a mobster scenario where over, he's over a dead body with a gun and we get a, oh boy. So that's right. Yeah. We got to get it. Like, oh shit. What do we leap into now? Like, I love that. That's what I love about the show. It's like, well, we had this like teen greaser after school special type movie. And then, oh, now we're, now we're into some and now for something completely different, as my right. Friend, I would say. Well, and, and and this is an extra to at, at least to me, this feels like an extra like it has an extra level of like suspense because not only did he leap somewhere else that you have no idea what's going on, but mm-hmm. it's coming up to the season finale. Season the next finale. episode is the season finale, and usually those are left on some giant cliffhangers, or those yep. have some big reveals and things like that. So so it feels like you're really gearing up towards a big episode, which is, which is an impressive thing to do after coming off of a huge episode about racism. And now an episode about spousal and substance Mm -hmm. abuse. It's like, where can we possibly go from here? (laughs) I guess, you know, tune in next week to find out. So (laughs) exactly, exactly. All right. And so, yeah, please tune in next week to find out. And uh, (laughs) that'll do it for today. And I think we've made right where other conversations about the episode went wrong. So, Tony, tell people where they can leap to find your work. Yeah, so you can always come uh, come hang out with me and uh, and and read stuff all stuff science fiction at sciencefiction.com. That's where I spend a good chunk of my time creating some stuff about old sci-fi, new sci-fi, all that good stuff. And then you can find me personally uh, everywhere that Tony Shobbs are sold. Uh, you can go to facebook.com slash Tony Shobb, twitter.com slash Tony Shobb, or just Tony Shobb.com. Either way, I am the Tony Shobb, and the one up in Wisconsin can suck it. As well as the football player <laughs> named Brandon Peters. They can <laughs> suck it together. Yeah. Hashtag Mommobile. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD, written work at whysoblue.com. There's more from the Brandon Peters Show this week, but from Old Space. Oh, boy. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Alsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. 
All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.